Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemmanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemmanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. Welcome. You can have a seat if you are here with us in person. If you are online, watching online today, welcome. We are glad that you are here. Uh, glad that our whole family is here, whether online or in person. Um, I am Pastor Gabe, and uh, I have the privilege of being able to pastor here at Emmanuel Church. Thank you, worship team. Uh, we're still getting figured some things figured out as we are moving. We've moved into this new space here, and... Um, uh, I appreciate the worship team, appreciate all of our uh, team members that are helping us get everything all together and put together so that we can uh, have church here, worship together and online and everything. And uh, if you want to, if you would like to continue to support what we do here and everything that we're putting together, uh don't forget, you can give online, or if you are here in person, you can give here in person at our giving kiosk. Um, and soon, uh, we hope to be getting together in some way uh, for e-groups, uh, as we are preparing for that towards the end of the month. Um, but that is all of the announcements, really, that I have anything for you today. But today, I, the message that I'm going to share with you today is called How to Be Better. And... It stems from the idea that, or the, the message I spoke on last week. Last week I really shared my heart since it was our first Sunday back about us and how, uh, how we should strive not to just set some goals or anything like that, but we should be better people. That our goal is to be better people, to choose love over hate, to be okay and learn that to love ourselves and it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to fail sometimes. It's okay to get things wrong sometimes. And that we overall um, need to know that we are not alone in all of this. And as we go through this journey, we are learning how to be better. So I wanted to take some time today to actually give us something to work with. How do we do that? Because it's not enough to just say, uh, I want to be better. We have to then take some kind of practical action. Because anybody can say anything. I mean, we can say, I want to be healthier. And then all we eat five days a week or seven days a week is fast food. Uh, we can say we want to love people better, but we're actually not doing anything about that. We can say a lot of different things. We can, we can say as much as we want and make it seem like we have some good kind of intentions. And maybe we do, but if we never follow through on those words, if we never do anything with them, then uh, our words are empty. There are a lot of people that say a lot of things when it comes to uh, their faith and, and churches. There are a lot of people say that everybody is welcome here, but not really everyone is not. Not, not everyone is welcome. There are a lot of people that say when we have tragedies and disasters 
And just like yesterday, uh, if you were if you were uh, connected to the news in any way, yesterday there was a hostage situation here in Texas where a rabbi and three of his parishioners were taken hostage in the synagogue. And there were many people sending thoughts and prayers. And anytime anything like that happens, that's something that people say. We're sending thoughts and prayers, but then they actually do nothing about that. It's simply their thoughts and their prayers. Words are not enough in, in any aspect when it comes to our faith, when it comes to how we live our lives. Words are not enough because words can make us seem like we know a lot. You ever met anybody that's like a know-it-all? Maybe some of you are thinking, that's you, Pastor Gabe. <laughs> and you've met someone that's like a know-it-all, and they just they seem to know a whole lot of information, but somehow it never actually applies to their lives. They know everything, and they'll try to correct you on something, but they don't actually do that. Or they try to correct you on something that you actually know more than them about, and you're just kind of like trying to be nice. Anybody ever do anything like that? Like, uh, I, I know nothing about cars. So, for, for instance, a uh, guy or a worship leader one time was helping me change my brakes. I would not stand to, I would not in, in any way interrupt and shouldn't we do this instead? No, he knows. I don't. But there are people that are like that. They will, they will say they know more than you and you might have more expertise in that area, yet they say a lot. There are a lot of times words can make us seem important or make us seem special or loving or whatever, but, but that's just on the outside. There is actually no weight to that. And so our goal then should be in this year, our goal as believers every day, not just in 2022, but throughout our lives should be to be better. In the book of Philippians, chapter 3, the Apostle Paul is talking to the Philippian church and he tells them, this is what you should strive to be in the first part of that chapter. And he says, this is how you should strive to be as believers. But he knows that them listening to it, there might be some people that might criticize him, that might say something about him. And they might say, well, well, you don't have it all together. And the Apostle Paul responds in verses 12 to 14, in Philippians chapter 3, 12 to 14, to that idea. And he says, I know, not, not that I have already obtained all of this. I know that I don't have it all together. Or have already arrived at my goal. I'm not there yet. But I press on and take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press onward toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul says, I know I'm not there yet, but what my goal is, my goal isn't just to arrive there. My goal is to keep on moving forward. I don't want to take steps back and sometimes it might seem or feel like we take steps back. And it might feel like we don't have everything all together. But we have to move forward because our words cannot be enough. Our actions have to move with us. They have to be in line with our words. Jesus spoke of this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 16. 
he said that there, will, there are going to be people that they're going to have good words. They're going to have words that are going to tickle your ear. They're going to be what you want to hear. They're going to be sound good. They're going to sound holy. They're going to sound like they're on the right side of things. He says, but, Matthew 7, verse 16, he says, but by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. He says, but you, what, what you're going to see is you're going to see the truth of people by their actions. Because their words can say one thing and their actions can say another. So how, how then? Th- this is what I'm sharing with you today. How can we be better? How can we strive to love more? How can we be more loving to ourselves? How can we do these things? How can we be better? And so there's three things I'm going to share with you today that are key to us becoming better in 2022, becoming better in life, becoming better in life. The first one is discipline. Discipline. And this has a couple of different meanings, and uh, I'm not talking about if you You've grown up in a Latino household and you were disciplined. Uh, I was never, you know, I always see stuff on TikTok and other places where there's all kinds of like people getting whoopings or things like that, talking about things that they've gotten. I, my, I remember my grandmother, she never actually spanked me, but one time she threatened to spank me with a, a stick. She went outside and she, she, saw, she had me see it, and I immediately behaved. She did nothing. She, I don't think she had any intention of doing anything with it, but she did that. You know? And that, that's what we might think of when it comes to discipline. But discipline has more meanings than that. Discipline is also how we structure ourselves or what we put ourselves to work in so that we can get somewhere. It, for me, like I, I, I like to work out a lot, and so something that I have to have discipline in is creating, having a routine and being consistent in that routine. That's part of discipline. I have to put in the work. I have to consistently do something about it. Discipline is about how we put ourselves in a space to do better. So when it comes to our faith, how, how can we be, what discipline do we need to do? When it comes to our faith. Well, I'm going to talk about two things that I probably talk about a lot. And they're like the most basics of faith. But they are the most important. First of all is prayer. These are called spiritual disciplines. Uh, Spiritual disciplines. And if we are all honest with ourselves, including myself, we probably don't pray enough. (laughs) We probably don't. We, 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 we want to, maybe. We tell ourselves at the beginning of 2021, I'm going to pray more this year. I'm going to take more time to pray this year. And it's two weeks in, and it's like, have I prayed? Have I spit, set some time aside to do that? You know? Maybe we haven't. Maybe you have. And great if you have. And if you haven't, it's okay. We're learning. We're growing, remember? But discipline, the first spiritual discipline that is important to us to be able to be better is prayer. But we have to understand something about prayer. Prayer. Prayer is not what often we think it is. And this is why it's important for us to explore the idea of prayer. Because when we think of prayer, we might think of ourselves coming to God and asking something of God. We're communicating something through God. And I've always taught about prayer as a youth pastor. I always used to teach about prayer 
it being communication with God is how we stay in communication with God. And I think that's a little bit too basic that I've learned now. It's more than that. It is a conversation with God. Prayer is being able to talk with God and being able to actually hear back from Him. And that, that's not easy for us to do because sometimes we don't always recognize or understand. And maybe we'll talk about how to recognize the voice of God sometime this year. But we don't maybe not recognize or understand the voice of God in our lives all the time. Maybe it's hard for us because that's not how we were taught to pray. A lot of us, maybe we've been taught to pray as just a one-sided conversation where, God, here I am, I need this. I need this, I need that, this is going on in my life. And we never take a moment to stop and actually listen to God. See, prayer is supposed to be a conversation. And a conversation is what? It takes two people, at least, to have a conversation. It takes two people, at least, to have a conversation. Because you have to have back and forth. Otherwise, it's just talking at someone. You might as well be talking to a wall. And a lot of times, we do that to God. We are simply talking at God without giving Him any space to respond. I, would, I say, uh, one of the things I like to say a lot is, if we don't shut up, how are we ever supposed to hear anything from God? We complain a lot about how God doesn't speak to us. We complain about why isn't God doing anything in my life, yet we never take a moment to just hear what he has to say to us because then that could change things so prayer takes discipline not only is it a spiritual discipline but it takes discipline because we have to make an effort to take time out of our lives out of our days when we already have schedules and things that are full and stuff to worry about and stuff to think about and I was reading a book recently that was talking about prayer, and it surprised me because the, the author is the, by the name of Dave Jacobs, and he coaches pastors uh, in ministry. And he said one of the things that he would tell pastors to do, and he says, start, start prayer. If you're not praying a lot right now, start with five minutes, three times a week. And that doesn't seem like a lot. It, it seems weird to be telling uh, as a pastor. It's like, well, shouldn't you be praying more as a pastor? You know, uh, But he says, start with that. And then one of his clients responded. He says, what difference will that make? He says, well, you're not doing anything now. So I'm pretty sure something will make some kind of difference. And so what we have to realize is that in the discipline of player, in taking the opportunity to do that, because we have this opportunity to conversate, that's not a word, uh, with God, have a conversation with God. And so we should take time to do that. Start with five minutes. Start with two or three days a week. Don't pressure yourself to be like, if I, if I don't do it every single day of the week, then I'm somehow a failure. No, it, it takes time and effort to build up that discipline. But it is necessary because prayer is the conversation that where we can go to be refreshed. 
Prayer is the space where we can unload our burdens onto God, where we can give him all of our worries, all of our thoughts, all of our fears, all of our, uh, our nerves, all of the things that we're celebrating, all of the things we're happy about, all of the things we want to say to maybe other people and we just don't know how to say to other people. That's where we can go. But it is also the space in which we wait on God's presence, where we listen for the words that he has to say with us and how he and, and in that space he can refresh us. And it doesn't look the same for everybody. Maybe your prayer time is just strictly talking to God. And making some space for silence to listen. But maybe your prayer time includes some worship. Maybe you're singing. Maybe you're reading the Bible. All of these things are ways that we have a conversation with God. So it doesn't have to look the same for everyone. I love to pray when I run. When I'm out on the trail because there is nothing else and no one else. Just me and God and my headphones. It looks different for each and every one of us, but it's something that we have to find room for in our lives or make room for in our lives. The second discipline we need to follow through is study, study of the Bible. And with study of the Bible, when I talk about study of the Bible, I don't just mean reading it because how many of us read the verse of the day at the very least? (laughs) That's something we do. We open the Bible up, we see the verse of the day. There we go. That's good. What I mean, study of the word of God, reading is important, but reading is not going to do any do you any good like anything else if we don't actually take time. So for the past couple of years, I've had this goal where I've wanted to start the reading the the, the Bible app, uh, read the Bible in a year. I have failed the past two years. I have not gotten through. I got like halfway through one time. The other time, uh, I think last year I got about halfway through. And then I forgot. And I didn't make it through the whole Bible. And then I think the year before I started and then I like tried to catch up. And at some point I gave up because I was like, this is too much reading to do. And like at the end of the year, I think I had like uh, 100 days. And I'm like, I wonder if I can finish these 100 days in two days. No. <laughs> but see, that's the problem. When it comes to studying the Word of God, we don't really have any kind of discipline or understanding what it means to study in the Bible. And so what we do is we simply read it and we read through it and we check a box off of our list and say, I read the Bible this week. I'm not even pushing you or pressuring you to read the Bible every single day. Take a day during the week. Start with a day, but take your time. Sit with it. Read it. Don't read five chapters at a time. Read one chapter. Look over it. Read it again. Read it more than one time. Think about it. Ask questions about it. Write down questions. Journal questions. This is what like studying the Bible looks like. Sitting with the Word. And if you don't get it, ask somebody else. Talk to someone else about it. Studying the Bible is about wrestling with it. Yeah, we're not going to understand everything in it. Yeah, there's more to it sometimes than meets the eye. And if we don't really get it because the Bible was written 
over thousands of years to people who are no longer alive, who are no longer in this space, who had a different culture, a different language, a different way of living. Yeah, we're not going to get everything. So how is it going to benefit us if we're just flying through? We need to sit with it. And that takes discipline. And that might be part of your prayer life, and that might be part of your prayer time or your prayer schedule, but it's something that we have to think about. We have to slow down. Slow down when, our, when it comes to prayer. Slow down when it comes to the Word. These disciplines are like our foundation. And on them are built everything else. Our, our, our character can come from that. Our worship can come from that. Understanding God better. Understanding His love better. Understanding who He is. And spending time in relationship with Him. Which then leads us to the to third discipline of being able to actually follow through. And bear fruit. Because if we take time to pray. And we take time to read the Bible. But then do nothing with it. Then we are not implementing the discipline of study and prayer actively in our lives because the bible and prayer should be time that changes us or changes how we view things or changes the questions that we ask about life and faith and god and should move us to a space of how can i bring this to life in my life how can i move how can it move me to compassion. If we read Jesus was moved to compassion and then we ourselves don't use that as a way to look and see how can I be moved to compassion in my life, then we've missed something. If the Bible tells us that we should care for the poor and that yet we are doing nothing to actually care for the poor, is the Bible changing our lives? No, we're just reading it. We have to take time to follow through. Number two, First, we have discipline. This is the first thing that we need in our lives to become better. How do we be better? Number two, we need accountability. Accountability is the uh, accountability is having someone uh, in your life that can keep you on track or that can help you stay on track. Accountability is someone that holds us is something or someone that holds us to a certain standard. It's someone that holds us to our own words. If we say we're going to do something, we have someone there to keep us accountable. Accountability is a very important thing in life and everywhere. And if we don't have it, we're missing something in our lives. And I'm not talking about keeping yourself accountable. Because there is some level of self-accountability where we have to hold ourselves responsible for stuff. But we need more than that. It's like you can't. Like, it's, it's fishy, right? If you go to a company and there's some kind of scandal or something going on, and you said, they say, well, you know what? We're going to self-investigate. Uh, are you sure? I don't know if that's a good idea. I think that maybe you need someone from the outside to come in and look at things. Because if you self-investigate, what's to stop you from hiding the things that you don't want anybody to see? So if we try to keep ourselves just self-accountable all the time, we can easily just lie to ourselves. It's like, oh, that counted. I kind of did it. I kind of did the thing. I kind of reached it. It it, it can help us. And it's necessary to keep ourselves accountable to certain things, to have a way of fitting things into our schedule and keeping ourselves to that. 
But it always helps to have someone on the outside of yourself because they can see things that you can't see. They can understand, maybe, maybe see things or understand things or hear things that you don't see. You know, it's like when we have, our, when we have moments, if you've ever had moments to yourself where you, you talk down on yourself. But then if a friend were there, they would, they would hear you and say, would you talk that way to me? No, never. I would never talk that way to my friends. Well, then why are you talking like that to yourself? We need someone from the outside to help us see. Because we don't always see. Sometimes we're blind to what's going on in our own lives. We might be blind because we, we, don't, we don't want to deal with the problem. Or we're afraid of dealing with the issue or the problem in our lives, so we, we avoid it. We don't talk about it. We don't say anything about it. We hide it from ourselves. And we say, no, that's a non-issue. That's not something that's real. We, we become in denial. Maybe we, don't want, maybe we don't want accountability because we're afraid what someone else might think of us or judge us. And so that's why we have to find the right kind of people. We're, maybe we're, we're afraid of letting other people in because we're, we're closed off. I don't trust anybody else. How, how am I supposed to? I've been hurt before. Maybe you've been hurt, and that's why accountability is hard for you because I don't want someone else on the outside telling me how to live my life. That's how you get in situations where people talk about all the time, only God can judge me. That sounds good maybe on the outside, but there's a problem that means that no one else is helping you grow or helping you keep you accountable to the standards you set. We need accountability. We need to be accountable to ourselves. We need a pair of eyes from the outside. And that comes in two forms. We need, uh, we need peer accountability. We need someone that we trust, someone that is a friend, someone that loves us but can tell it like it is. If you surround yourself with yes men and women, that's all you're going to get. Positive outlooks. Did I do the right thing? Yes. Did I do the right thing? I do the thing I was supposed to do? Yes, that's all you're ever going to hear. But someone who loves you will tell you like it is, even if it's something that's hard to hear. Even if it's something that's hard to hear. Uh, a friend of mine that helps keep me accountable in my life, he posted something the other day, and I was like, that's definitely something that I need to work on in my life. About, how, about something about ministers. I don't even remember exactly what it was. And I was like, that's something I definitely need to work on in my life. And his response was, no, nah, you're perfect. No. His response was like, amen. He's <laughs> like, yeah, maybe. I think so. It's hard, but we need someone who we trust. Someone who is a peer of ours that can help us in that walk, in, that, in where we're going. To help us keep accountable, not just to goals, but to our faith on how we're living our lives. And the second kind of accountability we need is someone who is a mentor. Someone who knows more than us. Has been in it longer than we have. Knows what they're doing, mostly, you know, because no one really knows what they're doing. (laughs) But someone who has been in this longer than you have. Someone that you can trust and say, I know that where I'm going is where they've been at. And I want them to speak into my life. We need people that 
our mentors, our leaders, our, our pastors, our, our, our even other people in our lives, such as therapists and counselors, where people that know how to get us where we want to be, and they can help us on that journey. We need upper-level accountability. Because if we want to be able to be better, we have to have that. With no accountability, we are self-ruling ourselves. We won't correct ourselves if we see a problem, or we might just spiral down if we feel like we can do nothing about it. But when we have accountability, it's more than just someone keeping us in check. It's also about someone keeping us supported during the times when we feel like we cannot on our own. Number three, and this one's most important, because... Number one and number two, discipline and accountability, they're going to take time. It's going to take time to find accountability. It's going to take time to to grow your prayer life, to grow your Bible study life. It's going to take time to help it shape your life and follow through. It's going to take time. And so time is not something that we, any of us like because it's, it's wonky. I saw someone on Twitter was like, has anyone else felt like January has been five months long? And I'm like, no, it's almost over. Like, I, I don't understand how you can see that. But the problem is, is that with that, we go through seasons of our life that feel longer, shorter, and everything like that. And so what we need is patience. I've never met anybody that likes to wait for anything. Especially in the culture of our uh, here in the United States, where we have built uh, a, a, an empire of instant gratification, where everything can be gotten almost at a moment's notice. We can decide when we want to get our food, how we get our food, anything like that. I'm surprised that we didn't do. You know, there are other countries out there that, that have been rolling out the vaccines and they did drive through vaccines. And I'm like, how come we didn't do that here? We like invented the drive through like instant gratification. Like it was so easy. How could we not do that? But that's what it is. We have drive throughs We can go in the moment we're waiting longer than five minutes in a drive through. It's like, why? Why is this happening to me? We go on Uber Eats, and if the, 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 the wait time says anything more than 30 minutes, that's too long. I'm, I'm, I need my food now. We even pay for the little bit. Sometimes we pay for the little bit extra. You know, the like $2 extra, it's like priority. Lowers the wait time by five minutes because you're up first on the list. We want things here and now, and so we put, we, like, if you open a web page online and it doesn't load in, like, a second, you're like, this, this is taking too long. Close out the whole app and try again. Why isn't this working? We want things here, and now patience is so hard for us. So hard for us. But it is necessary because change in our lives will not happen overnight. You know, God, God is powerful. God is amazing, and He can do some amazing things. But sometimes, when what we want is we want God to be American, and we want Him to instantly change our lives. And so we tell Him, God, I need patience. Give it to me now. And that's just ironic. Like, that doesn't work that way. 
I always used to tell people, you want patience? If you pray for patience, God's going to put you in a traffic jam for three hours. You're going to be stuck. He's going to work on your patience. And that's the thing. It takes time. When we God ask God to change us or when we ask God to work in our lives, we're going to need that patience, that perseverance. Because change is an instant. It takes time to develop it. It takes time to study it. It takes time to grow it. It takes time for it to take hold in our lives where it becomes a habit. I say it takes 31 days to, to make a new habit. It takes 21 to 31 days to make a new habit. And if you're trying to break habits, it takes up to 40 days to break an old habit. And it has to be something that's consistent that you're doing every single day so that you can start to build the new habit or break the old habit. It takes time because our minds are wired that way. Our minds consistently try to keep us in the status quo. I mean, that's part of what they were built for, to keep everything normal. If your temperature isn't at the normal temperature, the 96 to 98.6 degrees, there's something wrong and your body is trying to fight it to make it back to normal. It's built to take the status quo and the same thing with our habits and how we live our lives. And so it takes time. We need to start small. We start small because sometimes we go, we, go, we go way too big, way too fast. Yeah, I know we live in Texas, and the, one of the sayings here in Texas is everything is bigger than Texas in Texas. So you got to go big or go home. That's like how the mentality is we have here. But you cannot do that with faith because what we end up doing, you can't do that with a lot of things because what we end up doing is we burn ourselves out. I remember... Um, when I first started trying to like uh, work out and get into shape, and I was like, I'm going to go 100% seven days a week. Like I was trying to do something every day. And like in like two weeks, I was burned out. I was tired. I was exhausted. I couldn't keep going. Why well, I, I went big because I was like, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to do this. I'm going I'm to hit it hard. I'm going to get there. But then I wore, wore myself out. I couldn't go any further. And that happens with our li- lives sometimes. We set these outlandish, huge, unreachable goals oftentimes for our lives. And we're like, we're going to get there. And then we fail and we give up completely because we burn ourselves out. We get tired. It's not about going big or going home. It's about starting small. The Bible says, do not despise the days of small beginnings. Because that's where we all start. You know, a baby isn't born and you're just like, all right, walk. (laughs) Feed yourself, dress yourself, walk. That's not what happens. You don't get a new puppy and like immediately expect it to instantly know how to use the restroom outside. Got to potty train it. Got to take care of it. We got to grow. We got to learn. We start small. So with prayer, we start, like I said, Start with five minutes. Start two days a week. Start one day a week. Study the Bible. Read one chapter. One day a week. Start where you can. And guess what? You will grow. But you start small. You have to start small. Because otherwise, you're going to tire yourself out. Or you're going to feel like a failure because you weren't able to reach the very ambitious goal that you had. They say that you need to, when setting goals, you need to have smart goals. 
and it's like an acronym. I cannot remember all of the letters in the acronym. But one of them, R, is realistic. Can I actually do that this year within the time frame that I've given myself? Can I do that? So we have to be realistic. We have to say, where do I need to start? What step do I need to take next? The other thing the patience requires is that we cannot judge ourselves by the standards of other people. We cannot judge ourselves by where other people are at in their walk with God or faith or their goals or wherever they're at. We cannot judge ourselves by that. Because if we do, then we are just going to be killing our own motivation. We're going to be killing our own self-worth. Because all we can see when we see other people is like, wow, look how much better they're doing. Look how much farther along they are. Look how much work they get done. Look how much this, look how much that, you know. We, we will judge ourselves by other people's standards and somehow we think ourselves less, we think ourselves less valuable, less of a human being, less of a person, less successful. When it doesn't work that way because guess what? You're not them. I like to run. But I am not Usain Bolt. I will never probably be able to run as fast as that man does. Never. I am not him. But if I judged myself by his standard, I would be a failure. We have to look at ourselves, take time to pay attention to what we need and where we're going and what we can reach. One of my favorite uh, interactions in the Bible is... Now I'm about to be done here. One of my favorite interactions in the Bible is when Jesus uh, had risen from the dead and he's interacting with his disciples. And he's talking with Peter. And he's telling Peter, he's, trying, he, he's getting at Peter because Peter denied him three times. And he's like, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's getting all offended. Yes, I love you. You know I love you. And everything like that. And so this is in the Gospel of John and, and in the last couple of chapters. And, and the story tells us that John is kind of like, listening in on the conversation like he's like walking behind them so because john 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 loved jesus and he was always like attached to jesus and always wanted to be around jesus so john was following behind and so peter asked him he says well, what about him he says you telling me to feed your sheep feed this feed that and, and you and john you, you know you haven't said anything to him but he's over here following us why, why is he following? Uh, you know, I even heard a rumor among the other disciples that said that you said that he was going to live forever. And Jesus looks at him and he says, don't worry about him. Don't worry about him. If I want him to live as, until I get, come back, that's my business. You worry about you, Peter, where you're at. Your faith is not the same as John's. Your calling is not the same as John's. You are a different person, and I have a different mission and a different way for you to go. We cannot judge ourselves by the standards of other people. When we do that, we fail. Because we will always fall short of the standards of others. But you are you. You are who, exactly who God created you to be and yes we want to grow yes we want to be better 
It's going to take time. But we have to start small. And we have to start with love for ourselves. Understanding that no matter what we think we might lack, no matter what we think we're poor at or we're missing in our lives, no matter any of that, it starts first with the fact that we are loved by God. And that does not change. And from there, because of His love, we can grow and we can be better. And He doesn't yell at us. He doesn't scream at us. He doesn't push us down for our failures. No, He picks us up when we fall. He holds us tight when we have nowhere else to go. He cries with us. He walks with us. He runs with us. That's Jesus. So that's who we're following to be ultimately like. But Jesus knows we walk at our own pace. And he walks with us. Would you stand with me this afternoon? And as we pray today, as we go into some time of worship, close out our service, start there. Start with the reminder that you are loved. And that throughout this year, throughout 2022, as we work to be better, that we are not alone in it. Don't rush. Walk with God. Walk with Jesus. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to be here today. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, above all else, for your love for us. That you love us. You hold us dear. You created us how we should be in your image. So help us grow this year. Help us to be better, to be more like Jesus. And understand that it's okay if we stumble along the way. It's okay if we don't always get it right. It's okay if we don't know where to go next. Because you are with us every step of the way. Growing baby steps day by day. We thank you, God. We thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at myemmanuelchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.